Well, I feel like we've been on the fast track this morning. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. I do want to say visitors. I said what I said because we love you. I sure thank God for you. Sure glad that you're with us again today. I can tell you that. If ever there was a day that not only the child of God but the world needed encouragement, wouldn't it be today? Wouldn't it be today? And as I prayed last week looking over chapter 2 of the book of Joshua, and if you would please find yourself there. I found myself ready to move on to chapter number 3 this week. But God wouldn't have it be so. You see, this morning we're going to be looking at chapter 2, verses 22 through 24. And boy, is there encouragement in these two verses. And child of God, do we not need encouragement today? So I, I, I pray today that we would open up our hearts and we would receive the encouragement from really the only place it can truly come from. And that is the Lord Himself. You realize every word printed upon the page of your Bible is the Word of God. The Word of the Lord. We do not need to look anywhere else. It's right here. This morning we're going to be looking at two things, encouragement and confirmation. And we are to thank God for both. Amen. Verse 22, chapter 2, the Word of God says this, And they went and came unto the mountain and abode there three days until the pursuers were returned. And the pursuers sought them throughout all the way, but found them not. So the two men returned and descended from the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua the son of Nun and told him all things that befell them. They said unto Joshua, Truly the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land. For even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. Because of us. Boy, I pray that you be encouraged from Almighty God today. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father God, I do thank you, God. God, I do give you praise, honor, and glory, God. You're the only one worthy, God. God, we come before you, God, realizing, God, we're the created, and God, you're the creator. God, we need you, Lord. God, there's people battling a lot of things today, God. And God, it seems, I, God, I pray for them every time I'm behind this pulpit. But God, what I'm praying for them, I'm praying for myself this morning. God, we stand in need. And God, right now, God, there's not a thing I can do or say without you, God. And there's not a thing, or, God, there's not a thing I want to say without you, Lord. So God, I pray you set me aside, God. God, I pray you breathe upon us, God. God, I pray it be an unusual service, God. God, that we see yet again somebody get saved. 
God, that we see people come home to you. God, maybe there's something, God, you'd have somebody do to God, I don't know, but God, I know you know. So God, today, God, as we read your word, God, we ask that you bless it, God, and bless it, God, to your will. God, that your will be done. God, that your will be accomplished, God. God, I thank you that you even allow us to get a glimpse of it. But God, no, you go further than that. You let us experience it. So God, I pray we experience it yet again, God. Do a work in us, God. Draw us closer to you. God, I pray we see you and not the world. God, I pray we put out every care, every doubt, every uh, situation, God. God, just focus in on what you have for us. God, bless mightily today, we pray. God, we pray today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We find here, I said these last two verses, it is, we read three just for the context, but we find in these last two verses today encouragement and confirmation. And I can tell you today, I don't know who you are, where, what you're going through, where you've been, what you're doing, but we could all use encouragement and we could all use confirmation from the Lord. The world has tried to give all they could. They've tried to give us all they think we need. But it ain't very satisfying, is it? No, it's in the Lord that we find true encouragement. Encouragement not only from the Lord, but encouragement from each other. Amen? Praise God we can encourage and love one another. I want you to notice this morning these spies. Now we're going to look at, because it matters this morning, the three days. We said that... Uh, God had given Rahab. How many everybody remember about Rahab? I'll go ahead and say it again. Remember Rahab, that harlot, right? God gave her by her trust and faith in the Lord. God gave her that wisdom. Boy, that wisdom by faith that she could tell them where to go and what to do. Thank God somebody's plugged in. Amen. How many of you need to know where to go and what to do? Amen. You, a lot of you say, well, that was from a woman. That was from Rahab. I, listen, don't you think you're so big? Come on now. Men, Go ahead. some of the biggest blessings of your life is going to come from your wife's lips. That's right. I'm talking about her words. Come on. Huh? God can use. God can use your wife. God can use those around you. Hear me. I think men get stove up so many times. They think they're going to get the answer, and if they don't get the answer, ain't nobody going to get the answer. Hear me today. Open up your heart or you'll miss what God wants to do for you, all right? Three days. Rahab told them where, where to go. She said, go up into the mountains. Why is that? Because there was caves in the mountains. We're just recapping here, remember? For three days. And those men that are coming after you, boy... Uh, the king of Jericho sent those men after him. Why? Because they were prepared. They saw everything coming, right? They were ready to go. But for three days, now I want you to think about this, those spies found comfort in them three days. Why? Because it worked. Because they had a plan. Because they knew where to go and they knew what to do. But, but I want you to flip the switch on that and I want you to think about the, those three days from the perspective of Joshua. You see, it's easy for us to, we've looked at the one side of the, the coin, but what about the other side? What about those that's waiting for their return? 
Can I tell you this morning, their return was an encouragement to them. The very fact fact that they made it alive, back alive, was an encouragement to them. But I want you to contemplate and think. Listen to me, and I'm going somewhere. We want to contemplate and think this morning what that would have looked like for Joshua. Huh? You see, because they are taking longer than what was expected. How many of you know when God is at work, sometimes it takes longer than we expect? I'm I'm going somewhere. Hear me, I don't think we're alone, all right? Can I tell you that every piece and every part of these two verses is very applicable to your life and mine today? But here they are. You look at it from the perspective of Joshua. Hey, day one goes by and they're supposed to be back. And day two goes by and they're supposed to be back. And day three comes and they're just still not back. And how how the waiting must have been. How heavy the waiting is for you and I waiting on what God wants to do in our lives. Can I tell you something today? Patience means a lot. Patience means a lot. But three days. Now, it's, we talked about the significance of the three days before, but in the context of Joshua, the three days of waiting, the three days of patience, for God to come through and bring His people home. Now, why? Why for those Spies, I want you to think about this today. The waiting upon the Lord. The waiting upon the Lord. Now listen, I know that Isaiah had not even showed up yet. But I believe in my heart, Joshua being trained, Joshua being brought up, had learned the patience of waiting upon the Lord. He had seen what Israel had been through. He had seen what the children of God had faced. He had learned already, listen, a little bit about waiting upon the Lord. I said Isaiah to say this. Isaiah 40, 31 tells us, many of you will remember those words. Chapter 40 and verse 31 from Isaiah. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I believe that Joshua had already experienced a little bit of that. Listen, it didn't mean that the waiting was easy. What am I telling you today? Somebody here today, listen to me, and maybe, and I know it's for every single one of us at some place in our life, somebody needs to wait upon the Lord. Can I tell you this? Don't get ahead of God. You get ahead of God and you're getting outside the will of God. The waiting on the Lord. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Can I tell you who is fainting in this situation? Can I tell you who is at faint uh, and, and what's going on in this story, which is history? And that is the people in the land of Canaan. Huh? Because God has already gone before them. God has already begun to do the work, child of God. Can I tell you this? In your life, God is already on the scene and doing the work. God is already taking care. Listen, the spies could not have been taken care of without the hand of God. Hear me today. We need to wait upon the Lord. You do not know what God is doing. Listen, uh, under the radar. Hey, 
under the radar, behind the scenes. You do not know what God is working and doing, but we've got to trust Him. And I believe we find a, jo a Joshua who's doing just that. Why? Because you don't hear of him fretting. Doesn't mean that the waiting is easy. I mean, let's be honest this morning, church. Who likes to wait upon the Lord? Who likes to wait upon the Lord? You'd be outside your mind to jump up and raise your hands. We're the most impatient people there are. And I look at the current climate in which we live. Listen, impatience did not start today. Impatience didn't start yesterday. Some of you have been living in impatience your whole life. My goodness gracious. We better loosen up a little bit. I don't think I'm alone in that impatience. And I want to be patient. And every time I talk about it, you know my patience is going to be tested. I can only imagine what it's going to be like when I get to the airport in the morning and got to wear a mask for seven hours. But it'll be worth it all when I get there. Amen. Patience, waiting. Boy, we see a beautiful example from Joshua right here. And listen, we don't even read anywhere in that that he was patient, but we know that he was. Why? Because he was prepared. Because he was prepared. Can I tell you that when the circumstances of life come, when the situations of life come, listen, if we allow God to do something in us and to prepare us for the battles that are on the way, guess what? We'll be able to show some patience. We'll be able to show some patience. Listen to me. If you do not have patience now, you won't have patience then. You cannot wait till you're in the thick of it to decide you want to be patient. Hear me. Not popular and sure doesn't feel good, but it's true. We need patience. And we need to allow God to prepare us with that patience. So we notice Joshua waiting those three days. i got to be honest with you. If it was me waiting those three days, I would have probably sent somebody in in day two. Searching them caves, searching those mountains. Hey, headed back in. I'd probably done sent a whole other crew to Jericho. But I don't think I'm alone in that. Can I tell you that had been so far outside the will of God for him to do that? And many, of it, many times we do that, do we not? We go ahead and we try to fix it. How did it work out for Abraham and Sarah? We're still paying for that one. Yeah, we're still paying for that one. Let's not get ahead of God, but let's wait upon the God. And listen, we'll find encouragement of that. Why is that? Because He'll lift us up. He'll carry us. He will take care of us. We see the return is a blessing. They are alive. But not only that, but there's encouragement in the report. What do you mean, preacher? Do, let me just take you back to the first report. What do you mean the first report? Do you remember when the spies were sent in? The first go around. Oh my goodness, before the wandering in the wilderness. Huh? When those spies went in, went in there and guess what they did? They come back. And what kind of report was that? That was the most negative report you've ever seen in your life. They wanted to talk about how much bigger everything else was. They wanted to talk about how small they were. All they wanted to do was just compare that they didn't measure up. But what do we find here? 
we find encouragement in their report. Let's take a, let's take a look at that. Let's just take a look at that. Here is, here is the report back to Joshua. Uh, we'll pick up in verse 23. So the two men returned. There's an encouragement in their returning. And descended from the mountain and passed over, came to Joshua, the son of Nun. Listen, it's God who allowed them to get back, right? It's God that took care of them through that. What a testimony that is. And told him all things that befell them. Now listen, all the things they experienced, all the things that they went through. Now listen, we do know that they give Joshua the facts. Can I tell you this? Uh, it's not that there wasn't facts in the first report that was given. Amen. They gave facts. And we see the facts here. But can I tell you, the encouragement of your soul, how that comes out to somebody else makes all the difference in the world. Can I tell you this? The testimony that you give, the encouragement that you attempt to give, listen, it's going to speak from your heart. Some of y'all don't know where I'm going with that. What do I mean? Because when your heart flows out, that's the encouragement that we find, whether it's encouragement or discouragement. Huh? Can I tell you that makes all the difference in the world on how you live your life every single day, folks? Listen, friend, you, uh, you want to be discouraged and you want to be a discouragement. You've got, you've got all of the free will in the world to do so. But the same power that you have to be a discourager, you have to be an encourager. I want you to notice this. They're prepared. They are ready. This whole thing is different from the first go-around. They tell Joshua all things that befell them. Let's take, a, let's take a, a look at that. Because as Joshua needed every piece of this report, you and I need every piece of this report. I want to ask you this. Do you need encouragement today? Let's be honest with each other. Yes, we do. Notice first. Notice first. Now we go back and we look at this in chapter 2. We know who was ready for them when they got there. We're talking about the spies. The king of Jericho. Boy, his army. His men. They were ready. They were prepared. You say, preacher, what is the encouragement in that? It's encouragement for us today. Number one, Joshua needed to know so he would be ready. So he would know what to expect. You know, I think too many ch children of God, listen to me, we put our head in the sand of what's going on around us. And we don't want to know. I guess that aggravated somebody. I said, too many of us don't want to know what's going on around us. Listen, I, I pray everything be exposed. I, I pray we see the truth for what it is. And I'm talking about in all things. Don't insinuate, please. In all things, in all circumstances of our life. But, but how many times, if we don't know, listen to me, if you're not prepared and you don't know, you will fail. You will fail. It was important that Joshua know this. The enemy was aware and the enemy was vigilant. Can I tell you something today? And you need to know this for not only living today, but tomorrow and the next day. You need to be aware and alert. Listen to me. That the enemy, who is the devil himself, the devil himself, he knows, he's aware, he's vigilant, folks. He's watching your life. 
Do you hear me today? He's watching your life. And just as, listen, as those spies went into Jericho, listen, and as, as, those, uh, as the army of Jericho there were watching, as those men were watching those spies come in, the devil is watching your life. You see, we, we get in this fix to where we say, you know, God sees everything. And God does. Amen. Aren't you glad that God knows your circumstance? Don't you know, aren't you glad that God's in the thick of it all? But hear me today. It's not enough just to realize that God sees it all. Listen to me because you're going to need this. The devil sees it all. Huh? He's watching your life. He's watching your movements. I can tell you this, somebody's already been distracted in here this morning. Hear me, that's what the, the devil wants to do. He wants to get your eye off of the Word of God, off of the truths of God, and get you distracted. Why? Because he can use you if you're distracted. And he can use the child of God just the same. Hear me this morning. He's watching. He's waiting. He sees your life. He sees how you live. And I can tell you this, child of God, listen to me. As a child of God, we give Him way too many targets in our life. We do. You know, the biggest target of our life is the very fact that we fall asleep on God. I'm talking about spiritually falling asleep on God. Not realizing what's going on around us. Listen, I, I would say now, if you haven't woken up by now, you better wake up soon. You better notice the environment around you. Better see what's going on, the deception around you. How the devil wants to use your life. And listen to me, we do it with the tongue, we do it with the eyes, we do it with the ears. With our very actions, we tell the devil exactly where to attack us. Hear me today. Boy, just as that, as that military in Jericho was watching that wall, you better believe the devil is watching your life. He's watching your life. They were set up and guarded and ready to go. And you better believe the devil is set up and ready to go. Hear me, child of God. Just as God has got a plan for your life, the devil has a plan for your life. You better believe it. And either, listen, either you'll give your life to Christ, and some of you need to hear me today, you need to get saved. You need to get genuinely saved. Preacher, are you going to talk yet again about salvation? Yes, I am. Because you'll never see the wiles of the devil. You'll never see, listen, the deception and the deceit and the lying. Listen, the devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy. You'll never see it lost. Why? Because you're already doing what he wants you to do. And you don't even realize it. And God in heaven who loves you and done everything for you. Boy, just as he made a way for those spies. I go back to those three days and I just got to do it. I go back to them three days. Boy, what a picture of our Savior. What a picture of salvation. Preacher, what are you talking about? Those three days as those spies went up the mountain. We can listen. We can think of our Lord. Who gave his life, who was crucified upon the cross of Calvary. He went up that mountain. Preacher, what are you talking about? That second day. Think about this now. Just, just go with me for a moment. That second day that they hid in that mountain. They hid there. Listen, our Lord was placed in the grave. He was placed in the tomb. But gloriously that third day. 
I said, gloriously, that third day, listen, as they left that mountain, listen, as they left that mountain and they went back down that mountain and they descended down that mountain, Jesus Christ arose. Arose. What do we see in these three days? We see a beautiful picture of salvation. Oh, folks, what God provided for those spies, He's providing for you and I. Oh, He will protect His children. Listen, we don't, need to, we don't need to stay in the crossfires. We can be encouraged by following the leadership of the Lord. His Holy Spirit. Oh, the leadership of the Lord and His guidance in our lives, folks. Oh, this encouraging report. Yes, the enemy is watching. You know, Joshua got those words. I don't believe Joshua. I don't believe Joshua one bit was discouraged by it. Why? Because he's a military man and he's thinking strategy. You know what you and I don't do anymore? We don't think strategy. What do you mean, preacher? I'm talking about being prepared. The strategy of being prepared. Listen, knowing. Listen, if I knew. Listen, if I knew there was something in my life. Now, you hear me out. I got everybody's attention. I know it is warm in here. My good gravy is warm in here. You think about right now how you live. You think about how you live. I got to think about how I live. Come on. Huh? And we think about the ways that we just open it up to the devil. And you say, not me, preacher. I just say, examine yourself. I just say, examine. Listen, I had to get this all over again last night. I'm not happy about it either. But I'm telling you this. If we open up our eyes, we can get a strategy on how we're going to win. Can I tell you God's already given us a strategy? I'm going to say it again. God has already given us the strategy to conquer, to be victorious. What is, what is Joshua doing? He's going to take that information and it's going to dictate, listen, how he goes forward following the Lord. You know what we need to do? We need to take that Bible in our hand. How many of you got your Bibles? How many of you got your Bibles open? Why don't you just raise your Bible up? Listen, you got it right here, folks. Listen, just as that report came back, listen, and they put the plan together, God's already put the plan together for us. We got it right here. You know what he's asking us to do? To follow it. To follow it. Listen, to be victorious. There's no doubt. Here is Joshua. He is a military man. He's going to take this information. He's going to run with it. Listen, if you know where God's going to do it, if you know where the devil's going to attack you, and you know where you need strength from the Lord, guess what? All you got to do is ask for it. Get it right. Get it right before God. But how many times will we ignore it? Who is the devil? The prince and power of the air. He hears the words you say. He sees the actions that you do. And what am I saying this morning? He'll use it against you every single time. If we're going to be prepared to conquer, we're going to have to realize who our enemy is. You say, preacher, we already went through that during that point in time. Yes, we did, but guess what this is? This is confirmation. And it's an encouraging confirmation to Joshua. Notice this, God's, <laughs> God's will and His wisdom. 
We have got to act in God's wisdom. You say, preacher, how in the world? I mean, his ways are not our ways. Can I ask you this? If you seek wisdom from the Lord, he'll give it to you. You get your heart right with God and he'll give you that wisdom. He'll give you that wisdom to show you what's not good for your life, what's bad for your life, which way you need to go. Oh, that's who he is. He's God. Can I ask you this? You know what some people need to realize is just how much God loves you, how much God desires a relationship with you. My goodness, he loves you so much. Think, think about this this morning, the very wisdom of God. And we do this. We do this. We get sideways with people. How many of y'all get sideways with people? Preacher, why don't you get off of this? Because I can't, all right? I just can't do it. So we got to get through it, all right? So get what God would have you get so we can move on. How many of you get sideways with people? Yes, we get sideways with people. That means you get upset with somebody. How many of y'all get upset with somebody? Probably the person you're sitting next to. Look at them real good. How many times, how many times will we give the devil a target? In just our relationships. Now, I'm saying this because it hit me square between the eyes, and it even hit me this morning. Now, y'all know that hurt. And you say, preacher, what do you mean? You're, I mean, you're zeroing in on relation. I, yeah, and I don't know why. I know I needed it. I believe somebody else does too. Man, I, things will not go our way with our, hey, maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your family. How many of you know family love to kill each other? I mean, they just do. That's one of the best parts about being family. And we'll allow this tongue and we'll allow our actions to throw up a big old target for the devil. How many of you know that? You shared a little bit this morning, but I, I had gotten it also this morning. Why? Because God knew my heart. And God, God knows my heart. He knows your heart. Amen? Folks, listen, if we're to be victorious, we've got to take down the targets. What does that mean? we got to get rid of those things in our life. And it doesn't mean that things aren't going to come in circumstances and situations, but how we handle them and how we live our life, listen, makes all the difference. Whether God gets the victory for the challenge ahead. For the victory ahead. It's one thing for God to go ahead of us and claim the victory. It's another for us to take possession of it. Notice the attitude or the mood of Canaan. What do you mean, preacher? Where are you getting all this? Listen. And told him all things that befell them. Do you remember what they were told by Rahab? Huh? The attitude and the mood of Canaan, that's a part of the report. Is it not? You see, us, child of God, many times we'll leave out the best part of the report because we want to focus on the most negative. Maybe that was for me. Huh? I don't think we're alone there. But what did the report reveal? Oh, it was good. What that Rahab made it clear. Do you remember those words of Rahab? Your terror has fallen upon us that all of the inhabitants of the land 
faint because of you. Now, do you remember Deuteronomy 2.25? Preacher, why are you bringing up Deuteronomy 2.25? Because we saw there where God said that. Where God, where the Lord said Himself that that would take place. That all nations that go before them, listen, they would fear them. And not only do we see that in Joshua 1, we see it in Joshua 2. You say, why would we hear it again? Because God needs to remind us over and over and over again that He'll do what He says He's going to do. Notice the attitude. You don't think that was an encouragement to Joshua. Because number one, guess what Joshua knows? He knows there's a weakness on the other side. He knows there's a weakness on the other side. He knows that they are consumed with fear. He knows they're paralyzed. Listen, you cannot go into the battle with fear. You look at this from the side of Canaan. Now look at this. Because child of God, you get to be one or the other in how you live your life. Here is Canaan. They are struck with fear. They are paralyzed. Can I tell you, that's the first ones to fall. You better believe it's the first ones to fall. Why? Because they doubt and they wonder about everything they're told to do. Huh? And you see, just as easy as it is for the Canaanites to feel that way, as easy as it is for you and I to feel that way, why do you think we're told in the Word over and over again, fear not, fear not, fear not, fret not? Why? Because God knows. God knows if we give in to that, it'll take hold in our lives. Can I tell you, that's the ones that have the most challenge of doing something for God because they're so indecisive. And hear me, there's a difference in praying about something and being obedient to something. Hmm? And being obedient, there's a difference. Stepping out on faith when God tells us to. Questioning what God wants to do. I believe for people, God's people in this day and time, we need to stop questioning and wondering and doubting what God wants to do and just trust Him. Folks, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'll be honest with you. We're sitting here, uh, what is today? November what? Uh, November the 29th, Thanksgiving is over. And I still don't know who the president's going to be come January 20th. Uncertainty. Uncertainty fills our day. And listen, either we can live in the fear of all that. Some people talk about second and third wave of all this, uh, whatever this is anymore. I don't know. It's taking legs and walking. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to, I don't know what we're going to face. But I know this, we can trust the Lord. I know that God has an answer to it all. And listen, and rather than us being focused on it and having our attention upon it and listen, toiling at night and rolling around in bed over it, He would have us to trust Him and have faith that He's got tomorrow. He's got tomorrow. Joshua, not only is he made informed, not only is he made aware that they are weakened on the other side by the fear that God sent them, but he also is reminded of what God said in his word. Oh, God, listen. 
And not only what God said in His Word, but that God did His Word. That God did His Word. Now hang with me here. It's one thing to hear it. It's one thing to say it sounds good. But it's another to say, I'm going to hang in there till I see the hand of God. Until I see it come through. You know what that's called? That's called faith, folks. Trusting and believing and not running out when we, we thought it should have already happened. Thirdly, notice God's working and His will. There is Canaan prepared, but there is also the Israelites protected. Thank God for the spies. Thank God for their safety. Thank God for Rahab and her faith. Amen. And what a picture of God's confirmation to the lives of His people. I wonder how many of us are living in God's confirmations. Somebody didn't get that. Living in God's confirmations. What do you mean, preacher? Look around you. I wonder today, did you honestly walk in these doors to examine your life? To examine your life. Because if you walked in here to examine your life, I'm going to ask you this. Do you remember the confirmations God's done in your life? You say, preacher, I can't find one. I'm going to ask you this. Are you even saved? Are you saved? Are you His? You know what I love is I love this when God reminds us who we are. What do you mean? I'm talking about for the child of God. How many of you have been, listen, you be up all night just not worrying now, but just concerned? Huh? You be up all night long concerned about something. It's eating you alive. And God just give you a word from His word. Huh? Confirmation in our lives. Listen, that's what we see here with that's what we see here with Joshua. Not that he was fretting or that he was worried, but listen, God gave him a confirmation that what he said he would do, he already did. And it's prepared. The way is prepared. I want you to notice this. Notice, let's go back to the scripture, verse 23. Verse 23, so the two men returned and descended from the mountain and passed over, came to Joshua's son and and told him all things that befell them. And they said unto Joshua, Truly the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land. Now listen, did they give him all the truth and the facts that were there? You better believe it. But they gave Joshua, listen, the confirmation of what God has already prepared. Of what he's already prepared. You know what's no you, you do you notice what's missing in the first set of spies? Listen, it's all complaining, it's all wondering, it's all doubting God. And I think there's so many, listen to me today, because I've been there and done it. I'm not talking about you, we can talk about all of us. We doubt God, we wonder God. Is God really there? Can I tell you today? God is there. God knows what you're going through. He's already gone before you. Let's not, listen, let's not waste the time. Let's not waste the opportunity to live for God and to see what God wants for us. They wandered for 40 years. Why? Because they didn't have the courage. They would rather complain and doubt. Oh, but not now. But not now. What a picture. What a picture for what our lives ought to look like, folks. What a confirmation. We see encouragement in the interpretation. What do you mean? There's an interpretation here. 
Not only did they lay out the facts, they interpreted it for him. Yes, they gave. Listen here. Truly, the Lord hath delivered. Now, I want to ask you something. Hath delivered. That is not in the future. Huh? That is not in the future. It's already happened. You see, when God placed an ED at the end of delivered, it meant already delivered. Man, I am not an English major, but I know that. That is what you call past tense. What does that mean? That means for your life and mine. Listen to me. God is already on the other side of it. You say, preacher, but what about my circumstances? What about the battle? And listen, some of you may not need this today. And if you don't, bless your heart. Bless your heart. But you're going to wake up tomorrow if the Lord tarries is coming. And you're going to wake up the next day. And battles are going to hit you and be all over you. Hear me. The question is going to be, where are you at with the Lord? Where are you at with the Lord? Notice how wonderful this is. It's past tense. It's already done. It's already taken care of. Now I want to ask you this today. What in your life are you waiting around? You think you're waiting around for God to do and to answer you. And he's already telling you over and over again, it's already done. Where are you going with that preacher? He's already on the other side of it. The battles you face, he's already on the other side of it. The challenges you're going to face, he's already on the other side of it. Some of you, guess what? You live long enough, you're going to get a cancer diagnosis. That's encouraging, isn't it? The encouraging part is, though, if you know Christ, you're going to heaven. Amen. There might be somebody here dying in an automobile accident. I don't know. Preacher, don't say stuff. What am I telling you? I'm telling you this. Listen, either you belong to Christ and you got faith and trust in Him, or you don't. Either you're going to believe that God's already gone ahead of you and already done all the things. Listen, in your life, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this again. Jesus, at miracle after miracle after miracle. Listen, after obedience, guess what? The blessing was there. The work was already done. What am I saying is that it was already taken care of. He's waiting for us to believe Him and trust Him. And that's our part. That's our part. Oh, what an interpretation. Truly the Lord hath delivered unto our hands all the land. Not just a little bit, but all. Now many of you are saying to yourself, well they still still ain't had all the land. Yes, you're right about that. But it ain't because God didn't tell the truth. Hear me. And we're going to get into all that. But listen to me. What God says, He means for you. He means for you. All we've got to do is live it. What about their focus? How about their focus? Did they leave with negativity? No, but positivity. Positivity. There is no shadow of a doubt that they were trusting in the Lord because we're the most negative created thing that's ever been created. And nobody says amen. I'll sit on that one by myself. Things go wrong in our life. The last thing we do is think of the positive. But yet that's where God would have us be. 
It's not a matter if obstacles will exist. They did for them. They will for us. But who are we going to look to? Who are we going to look to? And they said unto Joshua, Truly the Lord hath delivered unto our hands all the land. For even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. It had been enough for them to say that God delivered the land. But he even reminded them how he prepared the way. And what he did for them, he's doing for each and every one of our lives, folks. Listen, we can, we can play games, we can go on autopilot, but that's not going to help us on Monday mornings. We can try to barely survive and get by. How many of you know that don't last very long? It sure don't. You see, what we see here is the, the spirit in these two spies of a, a Joshua and Caleb. Hmm? What do you mean, preacher? Remind you of Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. What did they say? Let us go up at once and possess it. And you say, preacher, what do you mean? Well, you got to know what Canaan is. Canaan's an inheritance. Canaan's inheritance. And Canaan means rest, does it not? Sure it does. And so many of us desire rest in our lives. I wonder this morning, how many of us, in desiring the rest in our lives, the inheritance God has literally gone before us and said He's going to give us, are truly looking for it, are truly living for it. Are the facts, are the facts of what we face every day, are they important on how we are victorious? You better believe it. You better believe it. But what's even greater than the facts is His presence. I want to tell you today, child of God, hear my heart. There is no way there is no way you can experience victory without His presence. I look at my sister who got saved last Sunday. She couldn't have got saved without His presence. The victories of our life will be determined by His presence in our life. And I feel so impressed to the Lord this morning that we need to ask for His presence. His presence in our lives. I'm going to ask you right now with heads bowed and eyes closed. Hear me. Some of you need the presence of God like you've never experienced before. Like you've never experienced before. Can I tell you He's here? Oh, He's here to encourage your soul.
But boy, not just to encourage your soul, but He's here to confirm in you what He's got for you. Do we desire it this morning? I want to ask you if you would to come. This altar is open right now. You know, the nice thing is we don't have to wait around to do business with God. Church, we can just move. We can simply move. What's your battle? And where is your victory? Heavenly Father God, I do thank you God for your precious word today. God, I needed to be reminded today of those two verses, God. God, the encouragement and the confirmation in our lives. God, I pray today, whatever battle we may be facing, maybe we're not even ready for a battle, God. God, I pray you draw us close to you. Oh, God, that through your presence, God, we'd see victory. Your presence. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church, would you stand? And sure, we're going to sing, but I wonder this. Why don't we seek the presence of the Lord in our life? Would you come?